Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders worldwide. Um, I have a couple of brief bits for news today um, to the point I don't think there will be an afternoon update, but we'll see. We'll play it by ear. But I want to touch on what's going on right now today. If you haven't heard, in Congress, which is in the United States for those international, they've been talking about cryptocurrency and the Democrats have been hammering upon protections for investors and the Republicans have been talking about decentralized internet. And I want to add my thoughts to this and make sure that you're not, as they say, falling for the okie doke, meaning that you're not listening to the rhetoric that is false. Here's what you want out of cryptocurrency as a, as a concept and as a structure and as a key pivotal member of society. What cryptocurrency has done so far is it's enabled regular everyday people to become wealthy with just patience and a small investment. Pretty much anybody can get into it now. And there are various tools to help you and there are various tools to educate people. It has not been regulated. And as a result of a lack of regulation, there have been people who have been scammed. This happens on a regular basis. There have been people who lost their wallets, people who lost their keys, all sorts of things where wealth has been lost. However, all of it has been as a result of a lack of education around cryptocurrency, which is one of the drivers for me creating the podcast, was to try to educate people as to what this thing is so that you can safely get wealth on a long-term basis. It's why I keep hammering on the idea of not leaving stuff in exchanges. You see what happened with the exchange with BitMart. It's why I keep saying not to give out your keys. It's why I keep saying to have a diverse portfolio. It's why I keep giving all these concepts is so I want you to be safe as you do this cryptocurrency trading because I know there's a lot to it. There's a lot to know. There's a lot to learn. There are new tokens coming out all the time. There's new networks coming out all the time. They're changing the networks that are there. So I, I've, I and many other people have adamantly worked to try to help people get into this and stay safe doing it because it is a different world than fiat. Necessarily so. If it were not a different world than fiat, nobody could get rich off of it. And that's a key point that I think gets lost in the arguments that the Democrats try to make of, well, the investors are getting ripped off. Do, 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 are they getting ripped off? Yes. But regulation may not necessarily be the answer if you're going to inject the same regulation that you put on fiat. Remember, I said this on a past episode. What I see them trying to do is basically taking a carbon copy of the way the stock market works and imposing it on cryptocurrency. Okay, you can only trade during business hours of 6 a.m. Pacific up to, 3, up to 1 p.m. because then we shut down the trading and then so there's a halt. If it starts to go up too fast, there's too much volatility, we'll just halt it to where nobody can trade. And then you got to do all this paperwork and stuff and send out all these documentation pieces to people. Da, da, da. So much overhead, so much red tape, so much nonsense to the point that you'd have to already be reasonably wealthy getting in there in order to generate any true wealth. It's not like crypto where I can go in on a Sunday and make trades and see that people are actively trading. You can't do that on the stock market. And that's a symptom of the way that the stock market laws work is that they have locked stuff down to bankers hours, which is generally East coast, nine o'clock start time, or excuse me, nine o'clock Pacific, six o'clock start time Eastern. Well, then what happens on the people on the East coast? They only have a few hours because you're already sleeping. You get up at eight o'clock Western time. You've already burned, you know, high side of five hours. So now you're having to shift your time zone to meet what New York, it's a nightmare. 
And so what I've said and what fortunately the crypto providers have said is we want regulation. I think everybody thinks regulation is a good thing if it's done right, not done in an onerous red tape fashion that's just designed to stop people from making wealth. That's not what anybody wants. So we don't want, none of us, a carbon copy of what you did on the stock side. We don't want it run by banks. We don't want it run by Wall Street. We don't want them setting up and got to ring the stupid bell at Times Square. We don't want the nonsense. Let it do what it's doing now, but maybe you have simpler regulations in terms of how people can set up an account, how people get cashed out, how we can help and help secure the, the public key without violating people's privacy, ways that we can help protect people without having to expose them further to damage and abuse by a government, in, the, in this case, the United States. But then if the U.S. implements these rules, it's going to spread international. So I know there's some people from the U.K. that listen to this. I don't want to see the U.K. say, oh, us too, we want to do that too, and they just copy what the U.S. does, and then we damage the whole thing. All that's going to do is send it underground. You'll have places like New Zealand who say, no, we're still a wild, wild west as it is, and we'll just let you do whatever you want, and then people will just offshore their accounts and, and go underground with it. That's the net effect. So there has to be a way that we can leave the process the way that it is now, but somehow implement protective rules for people and ways that people can get their money back when there's an issue. Like, here's one thing I would support would be FDIC insurance. If you're international, you may not know what that is, but FDIC insurance is a coverage, and it applies to any bank right now. And essentially it says that if something happens to your funds while it's on deposit with a bank, and it's through no fault of your own that this happened, your funds are insured. They're going to basically replenish your funds that you lost. We don't have that in the crypto. You're basically trusting when it's an exchange that they're going to be able to replenish your funds. They'll be able to do it, number one. Number two, they're willing to do it. Many of these are organized overseas. So you really don't have any protections because they didn't decide to form in your country. So FDIC being a bank-driven insurance process, I would like to see something similar applied on the crypto side so that if you did lose your tokens in like this exchange nonsense, boom, file a claim to FDIC, your funds are back within a month or so, and it's guaranteed. You don't have the risk of, okay, if I leave my funds in your exchange, I'm just going to lose all my cash. Now, the downside of FDIC, of course, is that we as taxpayers pay for this. So that's just going to increase and make worse the inflation that's already set upon us because we will have to eventually pay taxes at a higher rate in order to recoup the money that's going in there because they're not going to do it for free and they're not going to do it off in, in debt when they just issued nearly $4 billion of additional debt and they've already made the process worse just because of what they're trying to do to make things easier and they're not solving the problem. Another thing I would like to see with the cryptocurrency side is I want to see less red tape on what we already have that causes people to take the risks that cause them to get scammed. Here's what I'm saying. Most people get into cryptocurrency as an after effect. They don't think of it as a forefront investment. It's after the fact. It's after something has happened, something that has impacted them to a significant degree. So, for example, significant job loss. And right now we've got companies who are violating people's privacy, forcing people to jab a fox scene in their arm. And we have all this nonsense happening where people are now either resigning by their own design or they're being forced out. It's wrong. However, our government has not wanted to fix the unemployment process. So one thing I would like to see with something of regulatory in nature around cryptocurrency 
is if you are somebody that the only course that you have is to go to cryptocurrency, some way to create a, a pool of funds that allows somebody to get involved in crypto at no cost to them in the hopes that they would generate some money so that they don't need to go to unemployment. Does that make sense? So think of the potential here. You could potentially solve homelessness in one fell swoop simply by setting aside money that helps crypto because it helps everybody if we buy it and you allocate cryptocurrency to these folks it appreciates in value so that it can't touch it so think of it like a cd or a bond but it's actually better <laughs> it appreciates in value and at some point it's enough to where somebody can sustain a healthy living and you didn't need to burden these social services we could even make the social services go away and that's really the goal end game i think is how can we leverage crypto to help us solve the problems that our government has been inept to solve in the past? That's where I think regulation should begin and end, is if you're going to do regulation, all it should do is help people not get scammed, not make it harder to do what people are already doing that didn't get scammed, and somehow leverage it as a benefit for people to get out of poor states without having to rely on social services and start decreasing the cost of those services now you don't have to have extensive salaries paid to the social workers. You don't have to have so many social buildings. You don't have to have so many forms. You can simplify the process. Think of it this way. Say the government on just the Federal Reserve, via the Federal Reserve, just invests in different cryptos, right, as a set-aside. And I'm, I'm high-level vision here, but it sets aside in certain cryptos. That helps increase the value of those cryptos. As part of a simple process, I'm not talking a seven-page freaking form that you got to fax into the office and wait two months. It's got to be slick and clean and instant. There cannot be any delays. There really shouldn't be any humans part of the process. But somebody says, I am impacted by something, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's job loss, whether it's discrimination, I am financially impacted by something. Divorce, it doesn't matter. I say, I make that self-attestation that I am impacted as a result of me submitting this thing, whatever it is, online, it automatically goes out, it automatically comes back and says, I've just issued you a wallet. It's got this much money in crypto. You cannot withdraw it for a period of time. And it just lets to appreciate that at some point, then it'll open up and then you can withdraw it. Should have no humans, should have no touch, but now you can extend wealth to people. You can help distribute the wealth by way of simpler, less expensive services that also benefit everybody else because as they're buying this crypto, it's increasing the price for everybody else. I'm being way out there with my what I hope they'll do, and I, I understand they're not going to do it, especially with who's in the administration now. I'm saying that that's, to me, the vision we should be shooting for, is we should be shooting for a way that we can invest in crypto as, an or, as a country and globally because at some point, Others will follow what U.S. does, but I want to see it as a wide scale. We're investing in cryptocurrency, and then we're using it to distribute to everybody and share the wealth when those people are impacted negatively by something outside of their control, and we get rid of this onerous process of nonsense unemployment where we have to prove this. you got to prove you looked for work every week, and then we're still going to deny you. We're not going to give you a reason. They sit on hold for five hours only to be told that they didn't get your application. Get rid of all of it. Get rid of people in that process. It's a stupid, tedious process that's just getting worse. The pandemic exposes. Crypto can help us solve it. That's where I'm sitting. 
So let's see how the congressional proceedings go. But I really hope that they are taking to task that you sh if you're going to try to copy-paste what has already been broken for years and only suits the super-rich, you've failed. And you're going to kill crypto, and you're going to send it back underground, and we're going to get another Silk Road, and it's never going to be able to take off like it should because you're going to get in the way. Fortunately, I think they're afraid enough of crypto, frankly, to where they don't want to do too much damage to it because they understand that in terms of GDP, gross domestic product, and the economic impacts, if you were to tank all the cryptos out there, you're going to harm a lot of businesses. It's like the whole too big to fail business. I'm crossing my fingers this is the case and that they will largely leave it alone. But I also don't want them to do nothing because people are being harmed, and I do want them to use this as an opportunity. I would be, listen, if anybody in any of those empowerment roles is listening to this podcast, I want that smoke. I would gladly talk you through what I'm envisioning in my head because I know you can do it. And it would solve a lot of our issues. The amount of social services we have out here is a joke. I'm talking across the nation, specifically U.S., but all over the place, is a joke. We need to simplify it down, get rid of so many excess buildings, get rid of so many excess people, get rid of so many excess forms, stop trying to deny people by default, and actually treat your people like you care about them and use crypto to enable this and enrich everybody at the same time, that is your key to distributing the wealth, which is what you really want to do. Now, if you want to tie IRS into this on some level, sure, whenever they cash out the crypto, you're free to call the IRS because at that point, fiat's involved. If they never cash it out, you leave them alone, just like you would do with stocks. So how can we leverage crypto to help people not use it as an opportunity to lock things down to where nobody wants to do it and kill off all the exchanges that are out there because whatever the U.S. does, the other governments are going to follow suit and it's just going to kill the whole thing and send it underground and nobody wants that. Do I think that'll happen? I am tinfoil hat, but I'm optimistic that it's enough widespread exposure that they don't want to break like some of the hedge funds and others that are in it. That's my hope right now. Plus, there's some banks that are in it. You've got other countries that are in it. So I'm hoping that they'll leave it alone. But I am tinfoil hat. And that's that's. Yes. Anyway, let's talk about something fun, because I don't want to deal with it anymore. On the more fun side, let's talk about a token, and I'll call it an underdog token, but maybe that's not fair because it's been around for well over a year. Uh, in its current form, it has kind of had some issues, but I'm calling it out because it still has a strong growth potential to it. And because of who, the age span that I'm likely speaking to, you've probably heard the name at least once, either on a console that you owned or on a video game that you played, that being Atari Token. Yes, that name is called Atari Token. You know how to spell Atari because you've heard of it or you've walked by some sort of broken game machine at some arcade or some restaurant somewhere that had Atari on it. It's the same Atari. And Atari Token, the interesting thing on this one was built, this was built around funding gaming, not just online gaming, but gaming in general, gaming rewards, plus there was a desire to create a new console, a new Atari console. So they started working on this and they said, you know, let's take this as an opportunity to kind of get involved in blockchain and, and use this to really empower our next phase. This is why, in my mind, they really should have, Sega should have jumped on this because Sega was a first starter in many reforms. They were one of the first to have any sense of online gaming with the Dreamcast. It had a modem plugged into it. It was one of the first to allow at least the earliest sense of online gaming truth, and it kind of pushed the industry that direction. 
And so I'm shocked that Sega didn't do that in their desire to get back on the, the console side because I think they gave up too easy. I think that right now the consoles have hit a capacity point where they're not able to really impress people anymore. They're actually taking steps back. They're forcing people to go to the PC side, which that's not what they want. However, the optimum with Atari is them getting into crypto and blockchain means while they are going to create a console, it means they're not tethered specifically to any one hardware setup. They can build their games to support any platform that they want where the console just happens to be, let's say, the, as you play with the console, you earn more tokens or rewards in the token form. Well, that's compelling. Because think of it this way, if you have kids or you have teenagers or even young adults and they game for eight hours a day and you're able to generate just tokens doing what you would already have done, but you tie it around your specific console, now you're giving people a reason to buy your console other than the latest, greatest, most realistic looking game like is currently the case. Now it actually has a utility and utility is key for any token to really survive. So they're going to survive on the brand name alone. The fact that it's Atari, and it's, like I said, it's it's gone up and down. It's had some challenges with price, but treat it like a discount. The current supply is a bit weird, and I want to talk it out real quick. They have a stated total supply of just under $2 billion. There's a maximum supply of just under $8 billion, and a circulating supply of roughly about $1 trillion. You're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I 100% agree with you. Here's what I suspect is happening with this whole business. Um, I think what's happening is the circulating supply is actually just shy of $1 billion, And the way the numbers are broken out is a bit weird because it looks like this token possibly has the ability to mint more tokens. So it looks like they started with a constrained inventory and the ability to mint more tokens. And then there's a burn mechanic, so it kind of makes the numbers look weird. As a result, what you're getting is a market cap right now of about 65 million ish, with a fully diluted of nearly 600 million. Where you're like, that is a widespread. Yes, it is. What that says is that it has significant growth potential to this thing. And based on the volume numbers I'm seeing of just about 4 million, people are kind of getting on stream with this and getting on board to start buying into it and add it as an investment. Now, this one is a super long haul. If I had to measure it, I'm going to think that this guy's got to easily be probably somewhere, probably 2024-ish before you start seeing significant movement, unless they do release some sort of a, you know, true console or some games or something tangible that people can buy thin into, or maybe mobile games is something else that might be a thing. But I think it's a really long play. I think it's going to take some time for it to really see some traffic and some traction. Now, on the upside, this one already is available on tons of exchanges. You can get it on Hotbit, you can get it on BKEX, you can get it on uh, Probit, and then, of course, it's available on MEXC. It's also available on PancakeSwap. So they have a Binance version, and then it's available on Uniswap as a wrapped Ethereum version. It is an Ethereum token by default, um, but it also has an analog on the Polygon network, the Phantom Network, and the Binance Smart Chain. This tells me they're serious about this, guys. They're serious about this one and getting as much exposure as possible. Now, you're going to look at its price, and it's going to make you freak a bit. And I want to just kind of stress, this is a long play. You're not going to get rich off this in any short-term period point blank. This is going to be a long play. It's going to take some time. 
for this to get anywhere. So if you are going to look into it, and I do implore that you do, and do invest in it, it is definitely going to be a long play. But that's the Atari token. Take a look at that one. See what you think about that one. And if it makes sense for your portfolio, definitely. Other than that, the news on the Congress is the big deal for today. There hasn't been very much other movement as of yet. If I do get something else, I'll do an afternoon update. But that's all I got for you today. And I will talk to you soon.